continue the series on the authority of the believer in the earth. And in the previous teaching, we had a look at the fact that Satan had to be convinced that Jesus Christ, in fact, had committed sin um, in order for Satan to um, il then illegally kill our Lord Jesus Christ, for he did kill our Lord Jesus Christ illegally. And um, so in this really, in the section of, of the teaching on this uh, series, we're looking at the fact that Jesus has in fact defeated our adversary. Uh, for right at the outset we identified that Satan is the god of this world and that he is the adversary of the church. And so we're looking at uh, God's um, eternal redemption plan that he put in place even before the ages began. And we're looking at what God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ have in fact done for us through the um, redemptive cross, the um, work that Jesus did for us on the cross. And so in, to, in the series of teaching that we want to do today is we're wanting to have a look at four different aspects of our redemption um, around the, the, the topic of the fact that Jesus has in fact defeated our adversary, the devil. And the first point we're going to look at today is the fact that Jesus was in fact taken down into hell. Um, that Jesus then placed his foot on the back of his necks after he had suffered in hell. Uh, then Jesus then set the captives free. And then we're going to look at the fact that all authority has now been given to the Lord Jesus. And so in opening up the um, passage of the teaching today, we wanted to look at the truth about the redemptive work of Christ in that Jesus was in fact taken down into hell after he died on the cross. Um, because Satan killed um, our Lord Jesus Christ physically, and then he took him down into the lowest pits of hell uh, to suffer torment down there. And the passage of scripture that we'll open up with is in Psalm 88, verse 4 through to verse 7. <coughs> This is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking about his ordeal that he incurred when he went down into hell. He says, I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and who are cut off from your hand. This is now Lord speaking about God the Father. God the Father doesn't remember those who are in hell. You have laid me, sorry, um, yeah, cut it from your hand, verse 6. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all of your waves. And so it was during this time that our Lord Jesus Christ was uh, made a little lower than the angels. We mentioned that. Uh, the angels that that passage of scripture is referring to is Satan and his angels because when our Lord Jesus Christ became sin with our sin he died spiritually at that point he then became subject to Satan's dominion Satan's domain uh, because <clears throat> Satan is the God of all who are um, spiritually dead and our Lord Jesus Christ during that period became spiritually dead and that is when our Lord describes uh, the angels of God as being too strong for him. And we pick that up in 2 Samuel 22:18. Our Lord said that they were too strong for him. 
And so it's when it's at that time that our Lord Jesus was taken to the lowest pit in hell. Hell, Hades have, has different levels to it, and the lowest level is where the, the greatest wrath of God is poured out on the individuals that are down there. Satan is destined for that uh, location in Hades when he is bound for that thousand year reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but our Lord Jesus Christ, when he died, and he went into the, into the depths of the earth, into Hades, he was taken down to the lowest pit of hell. And he then incurred, the Bible says in verse 7, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your ways. That is the wrath of God. For it's the wrath of God that is poured out in Hades, and all who are in Hades currently are being tormented by God. And so it is at the lowest uh, put in hell that most of God's wrath is poured out and that's where our Lord Jesus Christ was taken to when he died um, and so Satan and his angels at this time still did not realize what was going on they still were under the impression that Jesus Christ had committed sin and that he had died because of his own sin if you go back in the previous teaching we discussed what the sin was that Satan believed that Jesus had committed and that Jesus was now paying the price for his sin. Satan and his angels did not know. And don't forget, at this time when our Lord Jesus is suffering in the pit of hell, um, Satan still has dominion over Hades and over death. He still holds the keys to Hades and to death. And so him and his angels are gleefully watching the torment that our Lord Jesus Christ undergoes in the lowest pit of hell. Because, as I say, they are under the impression that they have actually won. Um, and then what happens? Well, before we get to what happens next, is that our Lord suffers in the pit of hell for three days and three nights. Now, at the end of that time, when Jesus had now paid the price for the sin of mankind because Jesus was suffering in the pit of hell for the sin of mankind and all of mankind's sin had to be atoned for and had to be paid for now the blood of Jesus Christ is our atonement but the the punishment had to be incurred for those sins no sin can go unpunished and so Jesus had to be punished for the sin of the whole world from the beginning of mankind until the end of the age. Every sin committed, Jesus had to bear the, 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 pay the price for it. He had to um, be punished for our sins. And that's what he was doing in the lowest pit of hell for three days and three nights. We have no idea what that, how great a punishment that was. Um, and I, I don't think we'll ever know. I don't think we have that kind of, uh, ability and, uh, to be able to conceptualize what it is that Jesus actually incurred, the wrath of God that Jesus incurred on behalf of the sin of the whole world. Um, we won't know, but God knows, God the Father knows, and our Lord Jesus Christ knows. And so what had happened is that Jesus had been illegally killed by Satan. We, we kind of dealt with that in the previous teaching. Satan and, and his angels at this time are still thinking that they're acting illegally, legally, and are 
gloating over the fact that they actually have won. They really did think that. They thought that they, they had uh, thwarted God's plan of redemption. But it's in this act of redemption, because don't forget, Satan is a very devious person. But even though Satan is, is a very devious person, God showed the most devious person just how shrewd God actually is through this whole plan of redemption. In that the person who is really about the most devious person out there, um, he must be because he's able to deceive the whole world, um, he himself was completely deceived by what God and Jesus did through the plan of redemption. And so when Jesus had accomplished um, our redemption, for the Bible says he was delivered up for our transgressions, and he was raised because of our justification. And so when all of mankind's sin had been paid for, and God said, okay, it's done. All of my um, wrath for the sin of the world has been poured out on the sin of the world, and that all of it has been uh, punished, fully punished. It was at that time, in that place, in the pit of hell, the lowest pit of hell, that God the Father then raised His Son back to life. He didn't raise Him from the dead straight away. He just made Him alive once again. Don't forget, Jesus, when He became sin without sin, He died spiritually. Then Satan killed him physically. And so as a spiritual, spiritually dead man, Jesus went down into the lowest pit of hell. And he then incurred the wrath of God for three days and three nights. All of this while Satan was watching and, and orchestrating quite a lot of it himself. Not the wrath of God, but killing Jesus and taking him down into the lowest pit of hell. Um, and so... All of that is, is being done according to the plan of redemption of God the Father. Now, when Jesus has paid the, uh, been paid the full price for our sin, that is when God the Father once again makes His Son alive. So Jesus had died spiritually. He's now in the lowest pit of hell. He's now incurred three days and three nights of, of the wrath of the Almighty God for the sin of the world. At the end of that time, God then raises His Son to life. Not raises Him from the dead. We're going to get to that point now. But He brings Him back alive. He makes His Son alive. What that means is Jesus is no longer spiritually dead. He's now once again spiritually alive. And so, because spiritual death and, uh, and physical death are two different uh, concepts. Physical death means cessation of life. Spiritual death doesn't mean that. Spiritual death means separation from God. And so, we need to, you need to understand that concept. And so, the passage of Scripture we can pick up from, uh, on that point is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. The Scripture says, And he, talking about Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the first born from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And so Jesus was the first one raised from the dead, and that happened on the, on the morning of the, the fourth day, I suppose, um, after he went to the cross, that Sunday morning, on the first day of the week, 
early in the morning, he was raised from the dead. That's when he, he, he entered into his physical body and his body came to life. But before that happened, Jesus was the first born from the dead. And that happened when he was in the lowest pit of hell. God the Father uh, caused his son to be born again. Jesus was the first one to be born again. All of us have to be born again, for we were all spiritually dead. Um, and so the scripture teaches us in Ephesians 2.1, because the scripture says we were all dead in trespasses and sins, but he has made us alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And so all of us were spiritually dead, and when we were born again, he made us alive once again. Now that's exactly what happened to our Lord Jesus when he was in the lowest pit of, of hell. When he had finished paying the price for the sin of mankind, he was born again. And the scripture says he was the first born from the dead. And so in order to be born from the dead, one has to have been dead first before they can be born from the dead. And so Jesus was the first born from the dead, and then we all have our own number in there. John, in fact, the apostle John was the second born from the dead. We're not going to touch on that point today. But that's a, a very important point we need to understand. So God the Father raised his son from the dead in hell. When I say raised him, he, he, he made him alive in hell. Um, and then something transpired after that, before our Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. So he was first made alive. He, he came, became the firstborn from the dead while he was in the pit of hell. Now when that happened, this is an account in Scripture as to what transpired. Because when that happened, now pandemonium broke out in Satan's realm. Because just a, a, a moment before, they were... Um, they were absolutely ecstatic with the fact that they had the Son of God in the lowest pit of hell. Satan had dominion over him because he had the keys of Hades and of death. And so he thought he had won. Now, he, he never thought he was ever going to... Because don't forget, he, he tried to rebel against God. He tried to overthrow God. And he was cast out of heaven. And that, that part of his, his plan was then thwarted. But he thought, okay, well, for the rest of eternity, God can't come against me anymore because I've got his son and I'm, 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 I'm one from that point of view. I might not be able to reign over God as I thought I could, but at least I'm safeguarded from God being able to do anything to me. And then what happens is while Satan and his angels are watching this, Jesus comes alive. In, in the midst of hell. Now that had never, ever happened in all of eternity. That was an impossibility. And so it took Satan and his angels completely by surprise. They were absolutely shocked when they saw what happened. Now this is the scriptural account of what happened. Our Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, gives us this account. He gives it to us in two passages of Scripture in the Old Testament. Psalm, 100, uh, Psalm 18, sorry, and then Samuel uh, 22. Those two accounts are almost word for word exactly the same, but they both describe this same event. We'll read the account in Psalm 18. The Scripture says, He sent from above, talk, Jesus now is talking about God our Father, 
He sent from above. He took me, Jesus. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. And so that was during that time that Jesus became subject to Satan and his realm. They hated Jesus. They were his enemies, and they were too strong for him. Jesus could not um, resist them because of the, the, the power that they had over him during that time. Verse uh, 18, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, talking about Satan and his angels. But the Lord was my support. He also brought me into a broad place. And so Jesus is now describing when he is made alive, when he became the firstborn from the dead, while he was in the pit of hell. This is the description of what transpired down there at this time. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Jesus speaking about God, his Father. He also, uh, sorry, because he delighted in me. Verse 20. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. And so, and then he goes on, Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. And so Jesus is saying, although I was down there incurring the wrath of God for the sin of the world, I had never ever committed any sin. And so God was able to reward Jesus according to his righteousness, because he was righteous. And so God, that's why God could make his son alive. Once Jesus had paid the price for the sin of the world, there was nothing holding Jesus anymore, because Jesus never committed sin. And so God could um, justifiably make his son alive once again. And as I say, that shocked Satan and his, his realm. They couldn't believe what was happening because they'd never seen that. They, they didn't know. They, they believed it was impossible for that, for that to happen. But they, because they were deceived into thinking Jesus was paying for his sin, but he wasn't. He was paying for ours. He was righteous. And so when ours had been paid for, now God the Father could make his son alive. And that's what he did. In verse 25, he says, With the merciful, Jesus still speaking, you, Father, will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. So who's he talking about? Satan is the devious one. And God the Father show, showed Satan just how shrewd he is. And it took Satan completely by surprise. He didn't, under, he didn't realize what was going on and until it was too late. Um, verse 27, For you will save the humble people, but will bring down the haughty looks. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. And so you will light my lamp. The, the, the real translation of that is you will set my spirit on fire once again. And that's exactly what our Father did. He made Jesus alive once again. Remember Jesus said, I have received this authority from my Father. I take, lay down my life and I can take it up again. 
And that's what God the Father did. He made Jesus alive in spirit once again. The fire began to burn in Jesus once again. Um, <clears throat> verse 29. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and set me, set me, sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. And so God now empowers his son Jesus once again with the glory and the power that he had with the Father before he came to the earth. Because now God can do that uh, legitimately. But now look at what Jesus does with that power when God the Father makes him alive in the lowest pit of hell. Verse 37. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that, that I destroyed those who hated me. And so when Jesus was made alive in the pit of hell, Satan and his angels fled because they realized something was wrong. They didn't understand what was wrong, but they realized that, wait a minute, here's the Son of God now in his glory, and we're no match for him. Jesus pursues them, and when he gets hold of them, because he does overtake them, the scripture says that, he completely destroys them. He places his feet on the back of their necks. Now, um, in the Old Covenant, Joshua did that as well with his generals when they conquered the, the Canaanites. Uh, in Joshua, oh, what's that passage of scripture? Let me get it. Joshua 10, 24. Uh, when they had conquered those, those kings, he makes those kings lie down and he calls his generals over and he makes his generals place their feet on the back of their necks to show them that they had complete and absolute dominion over them. And that's exactly what Jesus did to Satan and his angels on that day. He placed his foot on the back of their necks and they were completely destroyed. Now, you must understand who's observing all of this, all of Satan and his realm. And his whole realm are absolutely devastated. Because just moments before, they thought they were completely uh, the, the, the victors. And now they found themselves, they, they watched their leader and all of his leaders with him being completely um, destroyed under the, the, the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is completely reigning over them and displaying his absolute glory and power over them. They have no recourse against him. Just a few moments before, they were stronger than him. And now it's completely reversed around. Now look at what actually happens when that happened. 
Um, sorry. Verse 40, you have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. Now look at verse 41. They cried out, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. And so Satan and his angels cried out to God the Father. You know, they thought Jesus was doing something he wasn't allowed to do because I mean, Jesus sinned. Jesus was under uh, Satan's dominion. How's this possible that this is happening? And so they cried out to God for help. And God didn't answer them, the scripture says. But he did not answer them. Why? Because Jesus was doing exactly what God had planned all along. And this was all in God's plan. Took Satan and his realm completely unaware. They didn't understand what was happening until it was too late. And then verse 42, our Lord speaking, Then I beat them as fine as the dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. And so our, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was raised from the dead, he absolutely destroyed Satan and his realm. Completely. They had no more authority. Um, they had no more authority over him. It was completely reversed. He was now the one in, completely in charge. Now when he does that, he takes from Satan the keys of death and of Hades. And so Satan lost what he had held, his insurance policy. That which he held on to, and he would not let any captive go free. Jesus. 